Welcome to the Every Nation Rosebank Church Podcast. At our church, we honor God, make disciples, and transform nations. For more information about our church, visit everynationrosebank.org and don't forget to subscribe. In that day, this song will be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. He sets up salvation as walls and bulwarks. Open the gates that the righteous nation that keeps faith may enter in. You keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord is an everlasting rock. For he has humbled the inhabitants of the height, the lofty city. He lays it low, lays it low to the ground, casts it to the dust. The foot tramples it, the feet of the poor, the steps of the needy. The path of the righteous is level. You make level the way of the righteous. In the path of your judgments, O Lord, we wait for you. Your name and remembrance are the desire of our soul. My soul yearns for you in the night. My spirit within me earnestly seeks you. For when your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world learn righteousness. If favor is shown to the wicked, he does not learn righteousness. In the land of uprightness, he deals corruptly and does not see the majesty of the Lord. O Lord, Your hand is lifted up, but they do not see it. Let them see your zeal for your people and be ashamed. Let the fire for your adversaries consume them. O Lord, you will ordain peace for us, for you have indeed done for us all our works. Our Lord, our God, other lords besides you have ruled over us, but your name alone we bring to remembrance. They are dead, they will not live. They are shades, they will not arise. To that end, you have visited them with destruction and wiped out all remembrance of them. But you have increased the nation, O Lord, you have increased the nation. You are glorified, you have enlarged all the borders of the land. O Lord, in distress they sought you. They poured out a whispered prayer when your discipline was upon them. Like a pregnant woman who writhes and cries out in her pangs when she is near to giving birth, so were we because of you, O Lord. We were pregnant, we writhed, but we have given birth to wind. We have accomplished no deliverance in the earth, and the inhabitants of the world have not fallen. Your dead shall live, their bodies shall rise. You who dwell in the dust, awake and sing for joy. For your dew is a dew of light, and the earth will give birth to the dead. Come, my people, enter your chambers and shut your doors behind you. Hide yourselves for a little while until the fury has passed by. For behold, the Lord is coming out from his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity, and the earth will disclose the blood shed on it and will no more cover its slain. Amen. Saints, I hope that uh, from time to time you read the Bible out loud. There's just something about the Word of God, speaking the Word of God, nourishing our souls in the Word of God. We're going to camp out in Isaiah chapter 26 um, for our time uh, here together. But um, as as we've been tracking with the Isaiah series, um, it, it is my hope that, that as you go through these devotionals, 
and as you read the scriptures and that you hopefully you are tracking you reading the scriptures and are making your way through the book of Isaiah that it is indeed a nourishment to your soul um, that uh, if you've never uh, sat through and worked through a book of the Bible before that this is a great opportunity for you um, to chew uh, on the word to, to digest the word um, and if you've never worked through one of the Old Testament books, maybe the, one of the, the prophet books that just seem so incredibly irrelevant and boring and we just kind of like skip over them, that this is a time for you to really appreciate the richness um, of God and the richness of the Word of God uh, in, in, in these scriptures. It is the meat, the meat of the Word. I want us to consider our losses today. We've had an exceptionally difficult time since the start of this pandemic. There have been many losses, whether those losses have been loss of loved ones, loss of jobs, loss of opportunities, projects that maybe have come to a standstill, whatever those things are. I want you to take a moment and just consider those things before the Lord. What have you lost? Father, you see our losses. You see what this time has cost us. Where we are grieving and where we are mourning the loss of loved ones, Lord, I, want, I ask that you would bring your healing power your presence, that your presence would be in the hearts of your children, that they would know you, they would sense you, they would fellowship with you, they would see and feel your comfort, that your joy and your peace would reside inside of them. Where there's been loss of finances, of income, of, of, uh, of, of entrepreneurial opportunities, Lord, I pray for your hand to stay upon your children. I pray for a conviction and a faith to arise, to trust you and to see your provision come. Whatever manner of loss that we as your children have experienced and everybody in here, Lord, right now is bringing something before you, I pray that you would be a soothing balm over that area of pain, that you would minister, that you would heal, and that you would allow a faith and a conviction of your goodness to arise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. In, in the book of, of Isaiah, as Isaiah is, is, um, is ministering and he's prophesying, he's prophesying into a context. And it's also a context of loss. And so he begins... In uh, verse 1 of chapter 26 by saying, In that day, this song will be sung in the land of Judah. And so before we go too far, I want us to just appreciate how this chapter starts. He says these words. He says, in, in that day, in that day, this song will be sung. And so we, we can appreciate that if he's saying, in that day, that means or that tells us that there is a context that he has built up up until this moment. He has been drawing a picture. 
He has been prophesying. He has been speaking context. He has been filling in the details. And then he gets to a point where he says, right, now, in that day, this is the song that we will sing. In which day is he then referring to? Well, if we only ever kind of take the, the scriptures right at the, in the middle and keep reading, we sometimes miss context. And you know that the power and the color of scripture is in context, right? And so when we read something like this, it is good for us to press pause and to realize, hang on, we're missing different shades here. Maybe we need to take a few steps back, read what was coming beforehand so that we can appreciate what Isaiah is referring to. Now, because we've been tracking with the readings and the devotional, you would have read as you're, as, as you're working your way to chapter 26 that you, you realize that, that Isaiah had, be, had been prophesying judgment over many nations. And maybe it was difficult for you to read and difficult to get through because it feels a little monotonous and also it's not great news. You know, he's prophesying uh, doom, he's prophesying judgment over multiple na- nation after nation after nation, including the people of Israel, including, including Jerusalem. He prophesies uh, judgment over them. And then he gets to this point, and we don't even have to go too far. It's in, in the previous chapter, and if you missed it, you can just go one back later on today and just have a read. He talks about a time when God will come into the picture, and he will set up, this, his, his, uh, uh, he will set up his presence on the, on, on the mountain of the Lord, and he talks about a righteous time, a time of great fruitfulness, of peace, of joy and happiness. He talks about how the, the dead will be resurrected. Resurrected, it's going to be an amazing time. And then he goes on to say, in that day, this is the song that we will sing. And so in the midst of, of difficult times, in the midst of oppression, in the midst of a very real sense of the judgment of God, Isaiah brings in this promise that they, but, but God is going to come and because of his presence, things are going to work out. And so he talks about a salvation of God. And, and so when the, the people who would have been the first audience who would have been reading or hearing these words, when Isaiah was referring to the salvation that God would bring, their idea of what he was talking about was that God was going to rescue them from their enemies. There is a judgment and God was going to judge them, but, but there is a hope because God was going to rescue. And you must remember that, that, that the people who are, list, who are listening to these words were listening to these words with the same level of attentiveness that we, that we tune in. You know when we have those family meetings and the president comes onto the news and he's going to tell us what level uh, we're now on and what we can, what we can do and what we can't do, where the flexibilities are, the, the updates on how we're doing, the vaccines, and we're, and we're paying attention because it has, it has very real meaning to our lives whether we can open our, our shops, whether we can go to work, whether what we can be free on the roads, what, what, what is going to happen tomorrow, how are we going to fare? And so we pay attention uh, to, to, to these reports, and, and then we, we write them down, and, and very soon after the president has finished talking, the WhatsApp groups start flying with all the information, and people have already designed these graphics, and you're thinking, when did people do these? And we have amazing people who take amazing notes, and, and they send them out, and, and everybody's in formed. The people who are listening to these words 
were people who, who had a very real appreciation for the fact that their system was governed by God. And so what God had to say to them had very real meaning and bearing for their lives. And so when, when, when these words are being pronounced, what, is, what, what judgment is God pronouncing on us? That is, they didn't rely on Moody's uh, to, 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 to tell them whether their economy was, was amazing or was junk. They, they, didn't, they didn't rely on ratings agencies. They relied on God to tell them what judgment was being pronounced based on their relationship with him. And then they would adjust their behavior. And so they're listening to this. And, and, and their understanding is this. We have fallen out of relationship with God because of our disobedience. There is a judgment that is being pronounced over us, but there is a hope that will come. And so we, we can look towards this hope and this is our salvation. We read these scriptures with a little bit of a different lens because when we, when we think of the salvation of God, we recognize that the salvation that is being pronounced here is, 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 is two-pronged. Yes, it is that God would come and he would save them, and he did, and he rescued them from their, 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 their oppressors. But we also recognize for ourselves a personal salvation. Each of us, if we were to go around in the room, could tell of a personal day of salvation when God visited us. And, and if you can't tell of that day, we want to pray for you at the end of the service that you can have an encounter with Jesus and you too can have a, a, a testimony of the day that God visited you. But we also take a macro view and we realize that there is, a, there is something else that is being prophesied here and that is, that is the return of the Christ. And that when, when the Christ returns, it's going to be amazing and beautiful and full of life and fruitfulness and resurrection. And so this is the, the, the context in which he is, he is uh, prophesying into. And, 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 and the scripture says that this is a song. It says right at the beginning, this is the song that will be sung in the land of Judah on that day. This day that we've just now painted this whole big picture about, on that day, this is the song that we will sing. And so if we are shrewd people, then we will look at this and realize, hang on, there's a little bit of a cheat sheet here. Because if there is a song that we will sing on the day of our victory, at the very end on the day of our breakthrough, day of salvation, if that is the song that we will sing, if we follow the lyrics of that day, they, those lyrics will tell us how we ought to be living today. Because we follow that logic, right? That makes sense. If there's something that we're celebrating over there and we're singing about how it was done, if we just follow those steps, we ensure that victory. In fact, we appropriate that victory. Because we call that victory from over here to over here. And we're saying if, that, if we lived this way and it ended up in that victory over there, well, if we, if we just lived that way right now, whatever those lyrics are saying, if we live that way right now, then we have victory right now. Let's go 
to the book of Psalms, if we look at Psalm, Psalm 23, well-known psalm that, um, that, 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 we, that we recite. In, in Psalm 23, we, we read how the psalmist speaks about how, how he, he goes through the valley of the shadow of death. And as he goes through the valley of the shadow of death, he comes out the other end. And when he comes out the other end, there, there is there's celebration, and there's a table, and there's overflow, and there's anointing. But what, what is it that is being celebrated at the end of the valley, if not what was won in the midst of the valley? See, the, 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 the thing is, sometimes we go through valley and we're going, as a, as a global family, we're going through a valley right now. But, but we also have personal valleys, don't we? We have personal valleys that we're going through, but, but we do it wrong sometimes because we, we, we go through a valley and, 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 and we, 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 we suffer through this valley and, and we go into self-preservation mode and, and we think that God has deserted us and we come out sometimes, sometimes we don't come out the other side, but sometimes we come out the other side, but man, we are crawling out that valley, barely making it out. That is not a victorious end of the valley. That's not if you just kind of crawl out, barely making it out, and you'll get to the table of celebration and there'll be stuff there that's amazing. No. Do the valley well. Remain faithful in the valley. Do not lose sight of God in the valley. In fact, when you find yourself in the valley, roll up your sleeves and look for the fight because when you win that fight, it is those accolades that you're going to be celebrating on the other end of the valley. So when the table is decked and the cups are overflowing and we're toasting to your celebration and God is showering you with all these great accolades, it is, look what my son did. Look how my daughter remained faithful. Look how she refused to curse my name. Look how she fought and resisted the enemy and he, and he, and he fled away. Look how she, she continued to preach the gospel even though things seemed to be falling apart in her own life. Look how he clung to relationship and remained accountable in the midst of temptation. Look how he was, those are the things that we're celebrating over your life when you come out the valley. And so we go around the valley because we keep losing in the valley. Win the battles and realize that when we win the battles in the valley, man, there's something special that happens when we come out. And that anointing that it speaks about, you know, in the Bible, when, when, when people were anointed, it was for purpose. It wasn't a random, uh, my, God, God, God anoints me. God anointed for purpose. And so he would anoint people, and, 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 and it would be preceding some level of appointment. Whether it was anointing an incoming king, or anointing for a particular mission, or anointing for a particular appointment, right through the Bible into the New Testament, you can see that people will be anointed and then released into a specific purpose. And so the anointing doesn't happen at the beginning of the valley. The anointing happens when you've come out the valley because, see, what was happening in the valley was creating capacity. Yeah. What, was, what was happening in the valley is you were being stretched. 
And so that when you come out the valley, there's capacity in you to pour out the Spirit of God and then release you into true purpose. The, 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 the thing that you're facing now in the valley is not what defines you. It's, it's not the be it and end all of your life. It's not what's going to defeat you. That thing that in fact is trying to pull you down is going to result in, your, in a greater level appointment because when you defeat that thing and you come out and we celebrate your victory and God pours out his anointing, he's pushing you into appointment. So stay strong in that space. And so verse 1 this in the song says, in that day, the song will be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. God will appoint salvation for the walls and bulwarks. We have a strong city. That's verse one. We have a strong city. God will appoint uh, uh, salvation for walls and bulwarks. So we have this strong city and its walls are salvation. Who is the city talking about if not our Savior, Jesus Christ? Jesus is our city. Jesus is is in the Old Testament when the prophets were prophesying, Jesus was on their tongue. And so we, we are saved when we go into this strong city from the external realities. Those who are in the city are surrounded by walls of salvation. That means that they are saved from what is happening on the outside. When you're in the city, your experience is different from those who are outside of the city. Those who are outside of the city are not living in the song of victory. They're living in the judgment of God. Those who are in the city are saved from the judgment of God. That's why the walls are walls of salvation. Verse 3, sorry, verse 2 says, Open the gates that the righteous nation which keeps the truth may enter in. Open the gates that the the righteous nation that keeps the truth may enter in. Because the, the, the gates to the city of salvation are open to those who keep the faith. As we go through the valley... As we wrestle in the dark place, as we fight temptation, as we, we keep to the faith, as we choose to believe in the goodness of God, as we choose to prioritize family and fellowship, and we come out on the other end, the, the, the scriptures say that because we have been faithful, we can gain entry to the city of salvation. Verse 3 says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. And maybe some songs are even coming to your mind as you hear that uh, very popular uh, verse that has made it into many uh, amazing songs. But you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. And uh, maybe you'll may think of Philippians 4, 6, which is a, the New Testament version. That it is the peace of God that surpasses understanding. This perfect peace, the peace of God that surpasses understanding, that becomes our portion when our eye is fixed on Him. Let me tell you a little bit about myself. I am not a good swimmer. That's putting it mildly. <laughs> Not a good swimmer. I I would categorize my style of swimming as survival. If you throw me in the water, 
there's a good chance I'm going to come out. But I'm not going to have fun doing it. And if I start on the one end, I can probably make it to the other end. Don't distract me. Don't tell me to turn around. Don't tell me to stop and do the thing in the water because then I'm going down. And, and I, I so desire to be able to, you know, tread water, and it looks so graceful when people do it. And, 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 and I'm trying to learn, and so I'd watch some, you know, somebody doing it, and I'll get tips on, on how to do it. And, and, the, and, the, and so typically I'll try it, and I'll go into the water, maybe I'll go into the deep end, make sure to hang on to the, uh, onto the end uh, with my African brothers and sisters, you know. Just, okay, okay, thank you. Okay, okay, I've got, I've got one witness. Okay. <laughs> The end is, you know, the wall is never far. It must, you know. <laughs> and, and I go into the water, and, and then, you know, somebody will tell me, okay, just relax, relax, and kick, and, and uh, keep your head above, breathe, do the breathing thing, so breathe. And I'll start doing it, and I'm going, wow, it's working. It's working. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And then I'll feel myself kind of go under a bit. And if you go under, don't, don't panic. Don't panic. You'll come out again. Just do the breathing, do the kicking. But when I go under... All that goes up my head, right? And I start, I go into panic mode because I'm sinking. I'm sinking, you know? So I'm, I'm panicking. And when I start to panic, I sink even more. Um, and that's when I make sure that I'm, you know, and then I'm out that water, that lesson is done. Uh, and, so, and so that's my, um, that's the extent of my swimming exposure. But when I was thinking about this, I fully understood Peter's scenario when he found himself with his brothers in, and the disciples in the boat, and Jesus was walking on the water towards them, and Peter looked, and he said, Lord, if, that, if that's you, and you're doing that, surely I can do it too. And Jesus says, yes, come, do it. Peter steps out the boat, and he begins to walk on the water. I can imagine the other guys are losing their minds. They can't believe what they're seeing. Peter's doing it, and he's walking on water. They never thought, you know, and, and, and he's, lo he's, he's looking at what Jesus is doing, and, and he's doing it. And as long as his eyes on Jesus, he's doing what Jesus is doing. And I can see in, in my mind's eye that moment when, when Peter was looking at Jesus, and all of a sudden, his, his eye flickered to the left or to the right, and he saw something other than Jesus. He, this whole time he saw Jesus, maybe his eye flickered and he saw a wave. And then he noticed the crashing waves, and he noticed his situation. Maybe he realized how far from the boat he had gone, he no longer could like reach out and grab like me. And the panic sets in, and as soon as the panic and the fear set in, what happened? He started to sink. Why? Because he took his eye off Jesus. But there is a promise for us who keep our eyes stayed on Jesus. Our peace will be perfect. Now listen to me. That doesn't mean that you won't go through stuff. That doesn't mean that you won't have challenges or pain or loss. That means your peace will be perfect in Jesus. Verse 4 says this. Verse 4 says, Trust in the Lord forever, for in Yah the Lord is everlasting strength. Trust in the Lord forever. And again, I have to remind myself, this is a song that is being sung at, at, 
in that day, remember the day of salvation, that is the song, trust in the Lord forever. So we're, we're reminding ourselves over here as we're singing this song of victory that how we got here was we trusted in the Lord. And so we're declaring this, trust in the Lord forever. And so if we're declaring it at the end, it seems like a good idea for me that we should live that way now. That we should live a life that trusts in the Lord. Why? Because he has proven himself worthy. We know that because that's the song that we sing at the end. And so we should live a life that trusts in the Lord forever. Let's jump a little bit and let's look at verse, um, verse 9. Verse 9 says, With my soul I have desired you in the night. Yes, by my spirit within me I will seek you early. For when your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. And I was thinking of this in terms of a song, and I had to remind myself when I got to this point that this is not an R&B song. This is not, a, this is not a, a soppy, I desire you in the night. Oh, I think about you, kind of weird song to the Lord. And, and, and because of cultural context, that's what we think about, right? When you think about a song that says, I desire you in the night. We, we, think, of, of, um, uh, uh, we think of carnal desire. But, but this is not that type of song. This is a victory song. And so what this tells us is that this is a declaration of faith. This is a warfare statement. This is in the night, not the romantic night, the dark night. This is in the valley I have desired you. This is in the dark where I see no light I have desired you. In the dark where it is lonely and quiet I have desired you. In the dark where I have asked and have received no answer I have desired you. In the dark where I felt lonely and isolated I have desired you. In the dark in the middle of the night when I did not know how far I was from morning I made a decision with my soul to desire the Lord. Come on. That's how we gained our victory. That's how we got to that day of salvation. How did, when we tell the story and we're walking into the city of salvation and I'm saying, Derek, how did you make it in? Derek is saying in the nighttime, brother, in the nighttime at the roughest point of my life, I made a decision to desire the Lord. I sought him late. I sought him early. That's how I made it in. All right, let's, um, let's jump a little bit. Let's, let's look at uh, verse 15. This is the last thing that we'll look at. Verse 15 says, You have increased the nation, O Lord. You have increased the nation. You are glorified. You have expanded all the borders of the land. You have increased the nation, you have increased the nation. And remember the context. Yes, this is a song, but remember the context. It is a, a, the people who are singing the song. At the, at the moment that this declaration was released, their nation was not increasing. In fact, there are other nations encroaching on their borders. There is a threat of oppression and exile. And this is the song that, 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 that is released. You have increased the borders. What does that mean? That, that, that regardless of the evidence that says their borders are shrinking, there is a day, a very real day, where their borders will have increased. 
What that should encourage us is that it doesn't matter what the evidence says in your relationship status. It doesn't matter what the evidence says in your financial situation. It doesn't matter what the evidence says in your career projection, how far you are, how far you thought you'd be. It doesn't matter what the situation says in, in what feels like the desperation of your soul. There is a day of salvation where you'll be singing this song. And what's the song? Lord, you have increased my borders. Lord, you have increased my territory. Lord, you have made me large. Lord, you have progressed and promoted me. And if that is the song that you will be singing one day, I want to encourage you, saints, to sing it today. Because if you sing it today, you're bringing tomorrow's victory into today. And you're making tomorrow's victory a reality for yourself today. Because you see, the secret of the saints, the secret of the heroes of the faith, is that they didn't rely on their current situation for information. It wasn't the president who told them how they should feel. It wasn't the ratings agencies who told them how their faith should, should, should go. It wasn't their neighbor. It wasn't that guy or that girl who's, who's quick with the WhatsApp things and the fake news. It wasn't any of that. It was the Word of God. It was the presence of God. It was the promises of God. It was the goodness of God. And because of that, they were able to appropriate the victory that was to come and to make it a reality for themselves today. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Thank you, Jesus. Father, you love us. You have appointed victory for us. And you have given us the victory song. Give us the grace also to sing that victory song today to live that victory song today, to see those realities today. Help us, Father, help each one of us to tap into these realities, that this is our news, that this is our information, that this is our context, your word and your promises, and that according to those words, according to these promises, we wage war every single day. We thank you, Father that you are with us, and that you are a restoring God, that you restore that which the enemy has stolen from us. I speak restoration over you, that what you have lost will be restored. Thank you, Father. I remind your soul that the Word of God promises restoration both in this lifetime and the next. That is your portion. I, I speak that into your soul. Receive it right now. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. I also want to pray for you. If I was speaking earlier and something jumped in your spirit to say, yes, actually, that was me, the person that you were referring to, who, who doesn't have a testimony of when they met with Jesus, because I don't know if I've ever surrendered my life to Jesus. Whether you're unclear as to whether you've surrendered your life to Jesus, maybe you know you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, or maybe you have at some point, but you know there's no relationship there. I want to pray for you. Why? Because on the day that I enter into the city of salvation, I want to be going in with you. I want us all 
to be celebrating and praising God on that day as we enter in. I'm going to pray. Would you raise your hand just, just to let me know that, that that's who I'm praying for, um, if that is you? By raising your hand, you're saying, I'm, I'm, I'm surrendering my life to Jesus. I don't know whether that's because you've never surrendered your life to Jesus or because you're wanting to restore relationship with him. That is between you and Jesus. But if I'm praying for you, then I want you to raise your hands and lift them high. Lift them high. Thank you. Thank you, brothers. Father, you see your children, their hands raised, their faith raised, and they acknowledge before you their desire for a relationship with you. Won't you come into their lives, Lord? Won't you restore what the enemy has taken away? Bring your, your salvation into their hearts and into their souls. Father, secure their souls for the day of your salvation that they would enter in with many, with all of your saints into the city of salvation, that they would be amongst those who worship you and praise you for all eternity. Thank you. Thank you for their lives. Thank you for their salvation. Thank you that this day is a marked day in your eternity. This is a marked day. They will never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Lord.